If you are joining us for the very first time, a couple of things that are going to help you out uh, during the course of this service. One, you're going to need a worship folder just like this one. We'll follow along here. Some of our songs will be in the worship folder. Some of them will actually be out of the hymnals, but it'll key you in there as you look through that worship folder. Another thing I wanted to point out to you is we have some information cards in the backs of the pews in front of you. So if you'd like to give us that record of your attendance here today, we'll know you're here. If you would like for us to contact you, there are places on that information card where you can indicate that and somebody on staff will be in touch by phone or email, whatever it is you prefer. Uh, this month, we're going through this series, Shine On, and we're talking a lot about the light. We are coming out of a season where literally the days were getting shorter, the nights were getting longer, there was a little less light every day, and then right there before Christmas, that changed. There was a shift, and now we're in this season where each day the light grows just a little bit more. There's a great line about Jesus that actually comes from the prophets that's quoted in the Gospels, that for those who walk in darkness, a light shines on them. And we are reflecting on that light throughout the next few weeks as we celebrate Epiphany. This morning in particular, as we think about the coming of the light, as we think about the arrival of Christ, on the earth. We want to think about what it means that as we follow Christ, we in some way become that light in this world. Please stand. Joy. 
stars of space, sing ye that see his face. May Jesus Christ be praised, God's whole creation all, for I am Gracious God, we are so incredibly thankful for another day of life that you've given us, and thank you for the opportunity for us to gather together in this place to be your family. We want to acknowledge that each of us here comes forward with our own cares and trials in our hearts, and that even in the midst of a series like this, when we are encouraged to let our light shine, so that the world may see you. It is still hard for many of us sometimes, and sometimes we forget that there's even a light inside us to begin with. So I pray that this time that we have together, we may remember that there is a light still inside us, and that it can still easily be fanned into a great flame that many would see. Bless this time together and help us to worship you in this moment. And it's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. Forgiveness, the kindness of the Savior. The 
salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? 
it is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. No one after lighting a lamp put it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. A reading from the book of John. Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, You are testifying on your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, Even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards. I judge no one. Yet even if I do judge, my judgment is valid, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Where is your Father? Jesus answered, You know neither me nor my Father. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. This, this is, the, is word the word of the, of the Lord. Lord. In the scripture reading we just heard uh, Josh and Sarah read, we heard Jesus' words, you are the light of the world, so go let your light shine. And we thought for a few moments together we would reflect on what that means. And so a question that we would like to ask that anyone could respond to is this, tell us about someone who has shined with the light of Christ in your life. Think about who that person might be, envision them in your mind. What did that look like for them to shine with the light of Christ? What difference did that make? What does it look like for someone to let their light shine? Anyone is welcome to respond. Just raise your hand and John and I will come to you with the mic. Great. 
Do you want to use your mic? Is it on now? There we go. <laughs> um, when I was a little girl, we were at my grandmother's, and I have a huge family, and I remember spilling milk on her big country farm kitchen floor. And I knew that my mom was not going to be pleased with that. And my grandmother said, honey, it's okay. We've got plenty of milk. And I think that was one of the first times I really got what forgiveness was. I, real, I thought, she didn't love me any less. Not that my mother would, but my mother just had a quicker response. But I really, obviously, that was a long time ago. And it still touches a spot now. It's beautiful. Thanks, Sherry. Who else? Maybe a memory comes to mind, a person comes to mind. Who is someone who has shined with the light of Christ, and what has that looked like in your life? I think Rory back there. Oh, Sherry. I admit that on uh, many Sundays uh, when Elise and I are hurrying to church and maybe a few minutes late and have uh, many bags full of stuff, um, it's easy to get distracted. Um, but every week when we walk in the door, Harold is there. And uh, <laughs> we're both crying now. Uh, he's always positive, makes a good joke, uh, will comment on something. Uh, he said, oh, you guys have extra bags today, must be breakfast in your class, or um, just something that makes us step away from whatever had been distracting us in our heads and be present to the moment. And that's been a lot to us. Thank you, Roy. You know, as I get older, um, not that I'm old, but just as I get older, um, I, I tend to revert back to childhood memories. And uh, the first person I thought of when you asked that question was an uh, older lady that would come visit in our home in, uh, in Lebanon on occasion. She didn't speak uh, Arabic very well, and she didn't speak English very well. Uh, she didn't speak English at all. But... Um, she was a bride from Argentina that married into a, a very strict Muslim family. I'm not anti-Muslim. I'm just saying this was the situation. And she loved being in our home because there were no restrictions. And I remember her telling me that um, she had her own bowl to, to eat out of, her own spoon to use, her own whatever. And in this time of separation and divisiveness in our, in our country, I think back on that, and yet she always had a smile on her face. She's one of those old women that the wrinkles went up instead of down. And um, as an early tiny child, I remember that's what Christ's light looks like. No matter what situations you're in, your wrinkles go up instead of down. Thank you. Mallory. Um, I think uh, Jan and Tom Purdy come to mind. And again, I'm going to cry like Roy. But um, I just, from 
the moment I moved to Waco in college, uh, you know, they had an open table for us ragamuffin South Texas kids that were overwhelmed by a town with more than one Walmart. <laughs> Um, and they welcomed us and just kind of were surrogate grandparents to so many, I mean, they still are to so many people. And then even through my, you know, 20s and now 30s and young motherhood and parenthood, they just um, reach out via email or text or just in th hard things we've gone through. And I know we're on like a long list of like hundreds of people they do that for. And uh, as fellow church members, I've seen them model leadership I've seen them model what it is to be a continual learner, no matter what your age. I've seen them model what it looks like to go and ask forgiveness when they've overstepped or they perceive they did. Um, and I, they've just been kind of people that we um, have received a lot of grace from, but also have learned a lot from. And I've seen God's light in their life. That's beautiful. Thank you. Um, just a quick word. I've got a lot of friends who really remind me of the presence of Christ in my life, and I don't mean to embarrass Brad at this moment, but I've always appreciated Brad because whatever my faith is, Brad is always has a, is resolute that God is with us and that where there's a better place waiting beyond. Thank you. Um, I grew up in a church where when I was in the youth group, I felt very, uh, I was in a minority and I really didn't feel like I belonged. Um, and. Uh, there was one youth worker who came along who, I always say that Joel saw me when I was invisible. And uh, he saw me and he loved me. He was always happy to see me. Um, he was there for the summer and then he went back to school and we corresponded. He wrote back to me. Um, we've kept up our friendship uh, throughout all these years. And um, when I think about the light of Christ, I think about the love that Joel shared with me and it made it easier for me to believe that God loved me. Thank you. Thank you all so much for such genuine responses. I think this is a wonderful question for us to keep going around the lunch tables today, around Sunday school classrooms this week. So thank you. Jesus 
sun of righteousness shine on my path and show me the way to the Father. In him there is no darkness at all, the night and the day are both alike. The Lamb is the light of the city of God. Shine in my heart, Lord Jesus. I'm looking for the coming of Christ. I want to be with Jesus. When we have run with patience the race, we shall know the joy of Jesus. In Him there is no darkness at all, Now, gracious God, in these moments, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of all of our hearts together in this room be found pleasing to you. O Lord, you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's been a few weeks since I have been in this pulpit and in this space with you. My last time here was on Christmas Eve. It's always one of my favorite services of the year here at Calvary. There is just something that feels magical to me about this night, even as an adult. This year, Jeanette and Whiff Rudd and their family gathered together from all across the world, lit the Christ candle of the Advent wreath for us. Together we proclaim that this light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it. Our deacons passed out light from the Christ candle that filled this entire room with a soft, warm glow. It was a holy and sacred space as the choir led us in singing Silent Night. 
And then after the last note of Go Tell It on the Mountain was sung, we quickly blew out our candles, which by that point were dripping hot wax all over us. <laughs> we turned out the lights, said our goodbyes, and headed off to celebrate Christmas with our family and friends. I noticed that Jonathan and Tyler Davis were lingering around after most people had left, and Jonathan shared that there were still a few remaining lights on in the sanctuary that they couldn't figure out how to turn off. And it wasn't lost on me that we had spent the entire month of December waiting for the light of Christ to come, progressively lighting the candles of our Advent week, wreath week after week. And then on the night when Christ's light had finally arrived among us, just moments later, we were frantically searching for the switch to turn off all the lights so that we could go home. You see, we are so intentional about waiting for the light during the season of Advent, but after Christmas celebrations are over and everyone is back in town, we move out the trees, pack away the candles, and begin a new worship theme at the start of a new year. But this year, I wanted us to spend some time during the month of January and the season of Epiphany lingering in the light just a little longer. Because the reality is that we spend a lot of time waiting for the light, searching for the light, hoping for the light, praying for the light to shine in our darkness. But what about our calling to live in the light, as Ephesians tells us? to be children of light, to fan the flame of God within us like we read in 2 Timothy. O house of Jacob, come, let us walk in the light of the Lord, Isaiah reads. Over and over again throughout Scripture, our calling is to be people who live in the light. Now, it would have been commonly understood in ancient Israel that light came from God, that God was not only the source of their daily light, but that God was light. So when Jesus came, he became known as the light of the world, as we read in John's Gospel. But in today's text in Matthew, Jesus shifts our understanding of the light. He turns toward the disciples and those gathered at the Sermon on the Mount, and he says to them, you are the light of the world. As Eugene Peterson puts it in the message, he says, You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. So my question for us today, the one we've already been asking ourselves, is what does it really look like for each of us to be the light that Jesus is talking about here? Are we brave enough, bold enough to be God's light bearers in the ways that God is calling us? A man named John Rankin was. In fact, he took Jesus' words here quite literally. As a Presbyterian minister and an abolitionist in the 1820s, he became one of Ohio's first and most active conductors in the Underground Railroad. You see, Rankin lived in a house on top of a cliff overlooking the Ohio River, and he would light a lantern in his upstairs window 
on nights when he knew it was safe for people who were fugitive slaves to cross the river from the other side in Kentucky and to seek shelter at his house. Arnold Gragston, a man who had been a slave on a farm in Kentucky, helped to row about a hundred people across the river to Rankin's house. And he said the beacon of light from that upstairs window could be seen for miles. More than once, pro-slavery mobs crossed the river, came over, and burned down Rankin's house and barn because of what he was doing. But that never stopped him from rebuilding and from setting that lantern out in his window. Rankin actively fought against slavery, even when it meant putting himself in danger to do so. And it's believed that over time, that light shining in his window helped over 2,000 people who were seeking safety. So you see, it's one thing for us to pray and to ask God's light to come in an overwhelming situation, but that's not what Jesus is talking about in today's text. He says, you are the light, so go let your light shine. But that, in turn, requires something of us. Parker Palmer says it this way, in times of deep, deep darkness, we not only need light, we need to be the light for one another. There are many kinds of light, he says. There's the light that allows people lost in the dark to find their way home. There's the light of compassion that comforts everyone it touches. There's the light of truth-telling that allows us to see what we are doing or allowing that may have helped to bring this darkness among us. There's the light that shows us the way forward toward a better world. There's a light of courage to walk that path no matter who says stop. No one can provide all of the light that we need, not one of us, but every one of us can shed some kind of light. Every day we can ask ourselves, what kind of light can I provide today? But perhaps in order to answer that question fully, we must first believe we have a light within us. We must really and truly believe these words Jesus tells us that, that deep within the core of our being, God has entrusted us with some kind of divine spark that God has given us to share. After all, Jesus wasn't giving us instructions here on how to become the light or a list of qualifications we must meet before he will begin building our divine electric account. He said it plain and simple, you are the light of the world. Now, of course, Jesus also shares what happens if salt loses its saltiness or if a lamp is hidden under a bushel. But as one scholar asked, can salt really lose its saltiness or does it just dissolve? And who puts a candle under a bushel? Wouldn't that immediately blow it out or perhaps even start a fire? Maybe Jesus is implying that one can lose one's status of salt and light. Or maybe, as David Luce suggests, he is just naming the absurdity of the possibility of losing one's character as salt and light in order to underscore the reliability and resilience of the gift God bequeaths us. Do you know the statistics about a child's self-esteem in relation to the messages they hear about themselves. Some psychologists suggest that for every negative message 
elementary age children hear about themselves, they need to hear at least 10 positive ones to restore their sense of self-esteem to where it had been previously. Children, in other words, become what we name them. Call a child bad long enough and he or she will act badly, I guarantee it. Call a child or a teenager or an adult for that matter worthless or unlovable or you fill in the blank and eventually all of us will live into the name we have been assigned. But in the same way, call us good, useful, dependable, helpful, or worthwhile and we will grow into that identity and behavior as well. Friends, Jesus calls us light. And not just that, but the light of the world. The question is, will you and I live into that identity too? I was talking with Randall and Isaac last night, and they began to tell me about going to visit Brenda's office this week at MCC. It was a much larger and harder task than they had realized. They walked in and the desk calendar was still set to April 2019 when Brenda was first diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And her office was like a time capsule of her life, every inch of it covered in photographs of family and friends, notes and mementos from their trips around the world. Randall took a few pictures to remember this space that honored the richness and fullness of Brenda's life so well. She had lots of quotes taped up around her and on the door of her office that were important to her that she hoped her students and coworkers might read as they passed by. And as soon as I saw this one, I knew I needed to share it with us today. It's from a poem called Our Deepest Fear by Marianne Williamson. It says, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. But you are a child of God. Your plain small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our fear, our presence automatically liberates others. I noted how much I love Christmas Eve here at Calvary, but what I didn't share was how Christmas Eve felt different this year. I went by to see Brenda on my way to church that evening because I knew I would be leaving for Kentucky the next morning. She was mostly asleep, but she was able to look up at me in the eyes, say a few short words, and grip my hand. I told her it was Christmas Eve and I would be heading to church soon, but I don't think she believed us. But I told her that night, as we lit the Christ candle, I would be thinking of her and the many bold and beautiful ways she shined Christ's light throughout her life, just like it says in this poem. And I couldn't exactly explain it at the time, but in the midst of that service, I was watching that candle and 
the light just looked different this year. And the light that, that glowed in this room looked different too. I'd asked Jim Heston to take some pictures for us throughout the service, and he captured the most incredible snapshots for us. There are pictures of Chris Rose and Finn, Blake Harridge and Max, Ginger Hanchy and Atticus, Megan Ellie and Sarah Becker, Miles Lucy and Sonny Hunt, Brazos Tankersley, Sally and Becca Weaver, Missy Kittner, Wendy Singletary, Karen Clark. And as I looked over these pictures from the evening, I realized that this, this overwhelming sense of warmth and this light wasn't coming from the tiny candles we were holding in these pictures. Friends, this light was coming from each of you. In Louisville, at the corner of 4th and Walnut, Thomas Merton once wrote, in the center of the shopping district, I was suddenly overwhelmed with the realization that I loved all of these people, that they were mine and I theirs. If only everyone could realize this. It was as if I suddenly saw the secret beauty of their hearts, where neither sin nor desire nor self-knowledge can reach the core of their reality, the person that each one is in God's eyes. If only they could all see themselves as they really are. If only we could see each other that way all the time. There would be no more war, no more hatred, no more cruelty, no more greed. But this cannot always be seen. It cannot be explained. There is no way of telling people that they are all walking around shining like the sun. You see, even when we blew out that last candle on Christmas Eve, even when Jonathan Davis flipped the last switch in the sanctuary and it was completely dark, the light didn't go out. It can't. This light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not overcome it, remember? Each and every one of us carried the light out with us on Christmas Eve, and we carry it with us still. Because Harper, you are the light of the world. Elaine, you are the light of the world. Carol, you are the light of the world. Ethan, you are the light of the world. Story, you are the light of the world. Shelby, you are the light of the world. Steele, you are the light of the world. Allison, you are the light of the world. And so may we be brave enough to believe Jesus' words, and even more so to live them. Let's shine like the sun, friends. And so God, I ask that in these moments, Help us to realize the light that we carry within us. It doesn't come from anything we've done, anything we've created on our own, anything we try to do by our own power. God, it only comes from you and your spirit alive and at work within each and every one of us. As we see this light within ourselves, help us to also see it within one another. And then, God, give us courage, give us discernment, give us wisdom to know how we might carry that light forward, how we might be your beacons of light in this world to the glory of God. 
We ask all these things in your name and for the sake of your kingdom. Amen. Friends, if you would like to talk with someone more about what it means to follow Jesus who came to be the light of the world, we would love to visit with you in the back of the sanctuary today. Or maybe you would like to become part of our faith community here at Calvary, where in times of darkness and light and everything in between, we seek to follow Christ together in the best ways we know how. We would love to welcome you into our church family today. And so however God leads you to respond, our ministers will be in the back of the sanctuary to receive you and to pray with you as we continue in worship. We are called 
We'll be coming to different stations around the sanctuary for the Lord's Supper today. You'll receive a piece of bread and can then dip it into the cup. Please exit your pew on the right and then you can return on your left. And if you'd like to receive communion at your seat, just raise your hand and a deacon will gladly bring that to you. We also have a gluten-free station in the back. Children who haven't made a profession of faith in Christ are invited to come to the front to receive a blessing. As the first act of creation, God said, let there be light. And there was light and it was good. The sun rises each day on all the world because God's love encompasses every person on this planet. This love is not dependent on who we are, but is steadfast and true because that is who God is. Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world so that we may have life. In the mystery of God, Jesus calls us to be light in the world because life is something to be shared. With his compassion on the sick, the poor, and the outcast, Jesus taught us what love is. In the glory of his resurrection, Jesus demonstrated just how far love will go. Holy Spirit, the light within us, enable us to be the fragrance of life and the salt of the earth. Our hearts are led by the Spirit so that we may season the world with grace. In the same way, we gather at this table to sustain us so that, we, so that we may be salt and light in the world. May this meal renew our communion in Christ and with one another. With joy, we celebrate that this meal is not limited to this time and place. God, as you bind us together with the cup and the bread, we give thanks that this table extends around the world. Amen. So this morning, we remember how on the night before he died, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Jesus welcomes everyone at this table. No one is turned away. If you seek God's presence, come and eat. If you are hungry for this spiritual food, come and eat. If you have questions or doubts, come and eat. If you feel unworthy, come and eat. This table is spread for all of us that we might experience the light of God's abundant and unconditional love.
Don't let the light that you've given me die And don't desert my mind But let the one who serves you Praise you again and again Judges right from wrong. Your glory excites no envy. But let the one who serves you praise you again and again. He lives in us the true light. Everywhere I go, I want the world to know. Don't 
as we go today. First, the beautiful flowers on the organ are in honor of a new life in the life of the Calvary family. Russell James David Heiser was born this last week uh, to Carlisle and Ethan. He was born on January 8th. Um, the whole family is home and is so grateful for the support of the Calvary family. Um, Carlisle and Ethan had been part of a church for about 10 years where they were loved so well. And so it was a big deal for them to move across the country getting ready to have a baby. And they are so grateful for the support of Calvary in this season. Also, Wednesday nights start back again this week. Um, so if you're wanting to get back into your groove, back into the semester, we would love to see you on Wednesday nights. There's more information about different offerings in your announcements this week. And then our youth will be leaving on their midwinter retreat Friday. And so we definitely want to keep all of you all in prayer this week um, and really look forward to hearing what God does in that time. There are several new things that are starting up this spring. A new Sunday school class called SALT um, that I've heard great things about already. And a new Wednesday night series on spiritual formation that John Hunt will be teaching and leading. And I know he'd love to talk with you more about that as well. Keep in mind that our memorial service for Brenda Bradley is this Saturday at 1 p.m. at First Baptist Church, Waco. And I just wanted to say a special word of thanks. Um, First Baptist Waco has been so generous in sharing their space, their resources, their time, and so that we can have a large enough space to welcome in all the different people who have been touched by Brenda's life. And so we look forward to this time of remembering her, celebrating together, and worshiping together on Saturday at 1 o'clock. Well, as we leave today, know that we carry the light of Christ with us. So with that in mind, stand with me and join me in these words of benediction. Friends, may the God who calls you from this place journey with you as you go. May God delight in you with joy, bringing unimagined graces. Walk with you in darkness, shining light along your way. May God be close to you in pain, giving strength for every moment. And comfort you in fear, granting courage to be brave. May God's love surround you, may Christ's mercy astound you, and may the Spirit abound in you as you live in the fullness of the God who is with us always. Amen. Carry your candle Run to the darkness, seek out the hopeless, confused and torn. Hold out your candle for all to see it. Take your candle and go light your world. 
Yoga.